They have great identity, they're national brands. You found somebody, haven't you? You wanted a force! Say it! Oklahoma State's not going to change what we do because Oklahoma chose to go to the SEC. They need to change what they do because they're the ones that made their mind up to go to the SEC. What is this? What's happening? What Robert is trying to say is that we are getting a divorce. Don't do this. No. No. I gotta say, I could have called this one. No. Yeah. Is it our fault? Is it because we were bad? Please don't cry like that. Please don't. All Oklahoma had to do was not go to the SEC. So it is what it is. And in Oklahoma's case, I think they were more of what I would call uh, the reluctant bride. Financially, it's the only responsible thing to do. Uh, bottom line, we carried the league financially. Uh, us in Texas with TV money and whatnot. We accelerated Texas and OU withdrawal, which was a win-win for all parties. It's time for one last countdown and a final ride with the Big 12. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it sucked. We kicking this somebody. Uh, we kicking this thing off. Here we go. Live. From the Palace in Piedmont, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show Top 25 Countdown, brought to you by Carter Jennings Law. Now, with today's team, here's the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. Thank you very much, T.J. Perry. It is time for the countdown. The final week of the countdown starts today. And uh, we got the big boys left, Teach. Uh, all of the favorites to win the 2023-24 College Football National Championship. That's who we're going to hear about this week. But as always, we like to remind you of the teams on the countdown so far. Uh, so let's run through them quickly, TJ. Starting, what was it, four weeks ago today, I guess, at 25? Texas Tech was the first team on our countdown, the first Big 12 team on our countdown as well. They believe they're a contender this year in the Big 12. We shall see. It was South Carolina at 24, North Carolina at 23. Those two teams play each other in week one. Texas A&M, 22. Arkansas was at 21. At 20, The Kentucky Wildcats came in at number 20. Mark Stoops' team hoping for a bit of a bounce back here. The run on SEC teams continued at 19 with Ole Miss. Then we had Texas at 18, TCU 17, Washington at 16. At 15, Kansas State was our 15th ranked team, the defending Big 12 champs. Will Howard back at quarterback for them, but Deuce Vaughn no longer there. Oregon 14, Notre Dame 13, Penn State 12. Oklahoma came in at 11 for us. At 10, the USC Trojans will play this weekend, Saturday in Week 0 against San Jose State. 
Lincoln Riley's team at 10. It was Utah 9, Clemson 8, Florida State 7, and Tennessee was at 6 last week. Which brings us to today. The number 5 ranked team in the T-Row in the Morning Show Top 25 College Football Countdown is... Dot the I, Ohio State comes in at number 5. The Buckeyes coming off an 11 and 2 year in which they started 11 and 0 lost to Michigan in Columbus. They were blown out at home. Their second consecutive loss to Jim Harbaugh, 45-23 the final in that game. That knocked them out of the college football playoffs, sent them to the Peach or excuse me, didn't knock them out of the college football playoff, but it did send them to the Peach Bowl where they played Georgia and lost, you might remember, because they missed the last-second field goal, 42-41, to the eventual national champions, Georgia. So back-to-back losses to end the season for Ohio State last year, an embarrassing one to Michigan and a heartbreaking one to Georgia. Ohio State without C.J. Stroud at quarterback this year, the Heisman Trophy finalist now with the Houston Texans. So the big question is who takes over there, and how much, if any, of the play-calling duties will Ryan Day hand over to Brian Hartline, his new offensive coordinator? Ryan Day is under pressure. The heat is on. He's lost to, as successful as Ohio State's been, he's lost to Michigan now back-to-back years, and that is unacceptable. Will it be Kyle McCord, the junior, the perhaps odds-on favorite, or will it be Devin Brown at quarterback? Well, it appeared Kyle McCord was the front runner, but according to reports coming out of fall camp, Devin Brown may now have passed him. Paul Keels, their play-by-play voice, will join us at 8.05. We'll see what he has to say or what he's hearing coming out of fall camp. They got a quarterback battle. The good news is, whoever it is, they've got Travion Henderson in the backfield and Mayan Williams as well. A tremendous, maybe the best running back duo in America. They went for almost 1,400 yards and 21 touchdowns last year. Uh, Travion Henderson is an absolute beast back there. And they probably have the best wide receiver in the country in Marvin Harrison Jr. He's got friends. Emeka Egbuka, Julian Fleming, they are stacked at the skill positions. There is a question on the offensive line. They lost uh, their massive tackles, Paris Johnson and Dewan Jones, to the NFL draft, so they have to replace both of those guys. So you got a new quarterback and a question, at least, on the offensive line. I don't think anybody's saying they're not going to be good on offense. They're going to be good on offense. Will they be as dynamic without C.J. Stroud? That is certainly a question mark. Defensively, remember, they gave up big points in both of those losses to end the year to Michigan and Georgia. There is heat on Jim Knowles, the former Oklahoma State defensive coordinator who went to Ohio State last year, put in his 4-2-5, and they got gashed late in the season. They have to be better defensively. That's been Ohio State's downfall the last several years. That's why they went out and got Jim Knowles. 
They were not dominant up front last season, uh, and they've lost a couple of those guys to the NFL draft. they got to be better. I think the back end is going to be pretty good. Uh, Josh Proctor is back back there, so is Lathan Ransom. The linebackers, Tommy Eichenberg and still Chambers. Listen, it's Ohio State. They've recruited really well. But for whatever reason, somewhat similar to Oklahoma, Ohio State has had a hard time putting it together in the biggest games defensively the last few seasons. And their schedule this year definitely has some potholes in it. They open with probably a win, but it's tricky. At Indiana on the opening Saturday of the season, should win that, but a road game against a Big Ten foe right out of the chute, a little odd. A couple of layups after that, Youngstown and Western Kentucky. Then at Notre Dame, a top 15 team. They got to go at Purdue. They do get Penn State at home, but then they go at Wisconsin. They also play Michigan on the road this year. I mean, the road schedule is daunting. At Notre Dame, at Wisconsin, at Michigan. They fortunately do get Penn State at home. So, big picture on Ohio State, Teach. Great talent. They are angry after back-to-back losses to Michigan and blowing it in the college football playoff last year. C.J. Stroud is gone. Pressure is on Ryan Day. Pressure is on this defense to be better this year. Some difficult road tests. Ohio State, talent-wise, is national championship caliber. But it kind of feels to me like maybe things are moving slightly the wrong direction right now in Buckeye land. They're really good. They're a top-five team, but I got them at five. Ohio State, too high, too low, or just right? Too low. I think they end up a playoff team. I think they end up the best team and the Big Ten champion in that conference. And um, I think that they're better in the Michigan in the end, although their schedule is tough. I mean, they've got some really tough matchups, that Notre Dame matchup, like you said. Penn State, at least they get them at home. Um, and then obviously ending the year with the, the Michigan game. But I just think they're going to be too dynamic on offense. They're going to be the best team in the Big Ten by the end of it for some of the reasons you said. I think that they've looked back over the last couple of years and kicked themselves the way a couple of situations have gone, especially last year in that playoff game. And uh, I was never a huge C.J. Stroud guy, so I think they may be better off without him. So I'm going to say too low, which sounds silly because you've got them right there but I think they do end up in the playoff by the end of it. So I guess that means too low, even if it's by just one spot. Um, you, you very well could be right. And if they lost that Notre Dame game in the first month of the season on the road but played well and oh, then ran the table ran in the, the Big table, Ten. They're still in, yeah. Beat Michigan at mm-hmm. Michigan, win the Big Ten championship. It's Ohio State. The loss came early enough. Yeah, they're still a college football playoff team. Um, the question is, you know, what kind of quarterback play they're going to get and are they going to be better defensively or not? They're certainly good enough. You very well could be right. They're not the only team in the top five that's breaking in a new quarterback. So it might click for them and not click for others. 
you could very well be right. But too many question marks for me to put them higher than five. Ohio State at number five for me. The voice of God, TJ, Paul Keels, will be joining us at 8.05 this morning, play-by-play voice of the Buckeyes, to talk more about Ohio that State. That always intimidates me calling him. Oh, I know. It's a, he's a frightening man Goodness. to visit with. Yeah. <laughs> 7.48, back after this. Ohio State goes on the road in week one. They've got Indiana and Bloomington, and we are joined now by their veteran, long-time, outstanding play-by-play voice, good friend of ours, Paul Keels. Paul, good morning. How are you today, sir? I'm doing good, Toby. Nice to talk to you. How you doing? I'm good. It's great to talk to you, too, my friend. I hope you've had a, a great summer, but it's time to get serious now. We're 12 days away. Ready or not, it's almost here. It That's just right. seems to go faster every year, doesn't it? That's right. Hey, before I talk to you about this Buckeyes team, what are your thoughts and, and kind of the feeling in Columbus on all the Big Ten drama the last month or so? Well, it's I'm sure probably the same that you're thinking with the additions to the Big 12. It, you know, when they announced USC and UCLA a while ago, there was kind of the thought that eventually Oregon and Washington would be part of it. I don't know that anybody really, Toby, thought it would be this fast. But when you saw kind of the crumbling of the Pac-10, Pac-12, Pac-4, whatever we're calling it now, you kind of had a feeling, okay, maybe something's going to happen sooner or later. And probably like what you're feeling down there, it's, you know, the regional – appeal that you had for the Big Ten being a Midwestern-based conference. It went out the window with Maryland and, and Rutgers coming in, but it really loses kind of that feeling. So it's it, it just kind of takes you more to that thought that sometime in our lifetime here, we're going to see just a small number of major conferences. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have some fun road trips coming up <laughs> in the not-too-distant future. But beautiful, though, out there. I mean, uh, Oregon and Washington, just beautiful. So interesting world we're living in that's for sure what are you hearing coming out of fall camp about the quarterback battle how's it looking well you know the two practices that have been open to the media we really haven't seen anything that changes what ryan day has told us that the two quarterbacks kyle mccord and devin brown really are still neck and neck with one another now now, Coach Day is going to have a press conference in uh, about two and a half hours. We don't know if we're going to get an answer to that or not. Um, the, the longer there's no definitive answer, it really kind of makes you think that, that Devin Brown, who's a redshirt freshman, he only played in two games last year, didn't attempt to pass in a game, then maybe he's closed the gap a little bit. But Kyle McCord, who's going into his third year in the program, he started one game, he's had some meaningful snaps. Uh, he's kind of the guess <clears throat> by everybody's account it would have been the front runner. So we're not really hearing anything. That's kind of the crazy part about it, Toby. How do you compare and contrast them skill-wise? It's hard to say because we've not really seen them much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, practices are closed other than the two that were open. Here's the guesstimate. Uh, Kyle McCord probably more defined as far as maybe a downfield thrower, similar, not fair to compare him to, to C.J. Stroud, but similar to what that offense looked like. Uh, we get the impression that Devin Brown is a guy that could be more of a dual threat, rushing threat type of quarterback, similar to maybe what JT Barrett and Braxton Miller were. But again, a lot of that's just guesstimating right now. Here's here's the good thing about it, Toby. They've got a deep group at running back, uh, some some notable weapons at wide receiver. They still have some questions to answer as far as starters on the offensive line because they lost three of them. So whoever it ends up being, hopefully having those numbers at running back and receiver will kind of help ease the transition. No, it's an amazing amount of skill talent around them. It is fascinating, Paul, going into this year, 
how many of the top teams, you know, even top five teams are breaking in new quarterbacks this year, the Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State. Whoever gets their guy to click, I guess, is our odds-on favorite for a national championship. But uh, Ryan Day, no doubt, playing it close to his vest. Defensively, I know there's a lot of uh, pressure up there to be better this year. Uh, tell me about that pressure right now and how Ohio State feel, uh, how Ohio State fans feel about Jim Knowles and this defense going into the season. Well, that pressure, Toby, comes from the fact that in their last two games, <clears throat> excuse me, against Michigan and against Georgia, <clears throat> against Georgia in the playoffs, they allowed too many big plays to break loose, both running and passing. Prior to that, it looked like there was some traction, but it's a new defensive system now in its second year. The thing that, that you hope helps, you've got returners at crucial positions, whether it's defensive end with Jalen Tuimolo and Jack Sawyer, Two linebackers that had outstanding seasons last year, Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers. But a back end that I think everybody's curious to watch. There's some experience returning, but also the addition of a couple of transfers. Davis and Nick Benoson from Ole Miss. Jihad Carter, who comes from uh, Syracuse. So hopefully the combination of all of that, more familiarity with Jim Knowles and his system, uh, him more familiar with the players, uh, consistency on the defensive coaching staff, that's going to be an area also to watch because it just, you know, when you think about the Michigan game and the Georgia game, just too many big plays uh, that put the offense in a position to have to try and outscore the opponents. Well, the schedule's interesting this year. Uh, not all of the tough games are on the road, but almost all of them at Notre Dame, at Wisconsin, at Michigan. You do get Penn State at home, but, boy, that, the road tests this year really jump out at you. They are, and it's interesting compared to last year. They played the first five weeks of the season at home. And, you know, opening with a conference game on the road at Indiana, and they, they did that about five years ago, four or five years ago. Um, but, you know, when they go to Indiana, in many cases, Toby, it's like a home game for Ohio State because yeah. it's so close and so many people travel there. Um, but, you know, th that's going to be an interesting one. The Notre Dame game, obviously, just because it's Notre Dame and it's on the road, that's going to get a lot of attention. Uh, you know, Penn State at home, Penn State wherever it is, that, that's always a huge game, and especially a lot of the, the prospects of how people feel about Penn State this year. But, you know, what? It, hopefully what it all comes down to is that last one in Ann Arbor. And, you know, the, the real storyline around here is having lost two in a row to Michigan after having won, you know, what, seven or eight of them in a row prior to that. And uh, that's the one that if they're able to take care of everything else, and you, and you don't assume that, and certainly there, there are some games that could be, some trap games out there, depending on you know what schools like Michigan State or maybe Minnesota or somebody do. Um, that's that's what everybody kind of eyeballs that Michigan game and what can that do as far as getting that two game losing streak put in the rearview mirror, getting back to a Big Ten championship game, and so on and so on. I'm going to take quarterback off the board. Other than that, what is your biggest concern about this football team going into the season? I Toby, I'd go to the offensive line. Again, they're replacing three starters, all of whom that ended up being drafted in the NFL. It seems like they've got some depth, but it's depth that hasn't played a lot. Certainly they've got some guys like Donovan Jackson and Matthew Jones who've locked down the guard positions, but you know they're looking at tackles. Uh, Josh Fryer, who was a returner that played a fair amount, started one game last year. They've got a couple of other guys fighting for a particular uh, right tackle spot, Tegra Shibola. And Josh Simmons, who came in from San Diego State. So that's outside of quarterback, that's probably the biggest question. That and maybe with, with five healthy running backs, how are they going to divide those carries up? Well, yeah. Well, they're all really good. So uh, keeping them all happy, though, could be a, a trick. That's for sure. 
When's the last time Ohio State went to Notre Dame? Um, it would have been uh, mid, I'm going to say it was back in the Eddie George days. So mid-90s, early to mid-90s, they had a, a two-game home-and-home there. Uh, so this is the second of a home-and-home with them. It's just it's one of those things that doesn't happen very often, and it's you know, I'm kind of anxious. I haven't been to, to South Bend since the early 80s to do a game there. So, so really anxious to see. And I know there's been a lot of story about, uh, you know, the Notre Dame folks trying to make sure that they don't have what happened when Nebraska and Georgia went there in the last 20 years where Irish fans sold all their tickets to the opponents. And, you know, there have been big sections of opposing fans in there. Well, I was, I, I, you know, you get Oklahoma went up there a few years ago and you get major traditional college football powers like that together in that stadium i mean that's going to be a special day paul that's going to be really cool to see those uniforms together you know with touchdown jesus overlooking everything it's going to be cool for you too i would imagine yeah and you know considering that marcus freeman is an ohio state graduate and a former player here and um you know i I think that's one of the things that hopefully and i know you probably feel the same way when we get to the 12 team playoff We'll see more games like this because teams might be more likely to schedule these kind of games, at least more than one in a season, because, you know, a, a loss is not necessarily going to knock somebody out of the whole thing. So hopefully we do get it while we're looking at all of these conference realignments and all of that stuff. Hopefully this does open the door to see more of these kind of matchups. Last question, and I know you've got to handle this cautiously because of your role, but how hot is the hot seat on Ryan Day considering the back-to-back Michigan losses? You know, I think it's it's probably slightly warm. A loss to Michigan would certainly heat it up considerably. I don't know that that would be a, a death blow, but there's no question that he and this whole team understand the importance of that. They feel the pressure. You know, everybody got spoiled with, you know, seven, eight wins in a row against Michigan. Uh, they really did. And, you know, and I think you have to give Michigan a lot of credit for that, too. You see they're a much better program especially with the way they played on their offensive and defensive lines. That's where they were really lacking during the time when Ohio State was dominating. But I but I, I think it's warm. I, you, Ryan Day has built up a lot of stock around here with the way he's developed quarterbacks, uh, the way he handled a very difficult situation when Urban Meyer was suspended, when he was the interim, the acting head coach. Um, and I think that certainly what they saw with, with him being able to get into the playoffs, uh, you know, during the pandemic year, the year before that, uh, you know, so he's built up a lot of stock, but two losses in a Michigan, you know, you know that doesn't sit very well. Great stuff. The outstanding Paul Keels. Paul, always fun talking to you, my friend. Good luck this year. Same to you, Toby. Always good to talk to you. See you, bud. All there right, you go. Paul Keels. Oh, man. Always a little demoralizing after we have Paul. You don't sound speech. like him. No, I don't. No, no. no. Uh, Sooner fans deserve better. They deserve a play-by-play guy with pipes like that. And I apologize. I am inferior and inadequate as a broadcaster and as a man, TJ. And I'm going to go sit in the corner during this next commercial break and weep. (laughs) My voice always squeaks when I call him. Hi. Hi, Paul. (laughs) I don't know, man. I... Two weeks out, less than two weeks out, and they don't know who their quarterback is. Well, uh, they may not have been told. I guess that's true. Right? They may know who maybe, his quarterback is. Maybe they is. know, and they're right. just not telling anybody. Right? I guess you got to keep possible. practice feisty. You know, you got to keep them competing for that job. You know what coaches say? 
I don't even what know. What benefits me for telling you guys early? I don't know what either one of these guys even look like, but Kyle McCord doesn't sound like he's very good to me, Teach The name? Kyle the name. McCord. It just sounds like one of those quarterbacks that yeah. was great in high school but may not ever pan out in yeah. college. Yeah, and Devin Brown, I don't know what he looks like either, but what's the last great quarterback named Devin? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I can name you one. You see, I mean, that's the kind of analysis we give you here, TJ, on the T-Row in the Morning Show. I just don't know. Uh, uh, the quarterback scares me a little bit, not having seen either one of them. So we shall see. We shall see when the season starts. Maybe they're outstanding. They're probably great. They went to Ohio, they Ohio State. State. They're, they're pretty good. Yeah, they're so pretty good. So just calm down. They're probably both five stars. I'm calm. You're the one that has them out of the You're playoffs. You're blowing this way out of proportion right now. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably great. I don't know. Ohio State at Notre Dame. That'll be fun, though. I look forward to watching that one. All right, break time. 8.17 in the morning on a Monday morning. Back after this on the T-Row in the Morning Show.